Denny's is gutter sauce, and so is Waffle House. Waffle House is where you go to make the last mistake of your evening. Waffle House is terrible. I've been there many times. <laughs> it's, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. Awful food. They've, they've taken my money. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Back here with another Yak Sports Podcast, your Augusta County Sports. Joe Deck is with me like normal, and uh, we have plenty to talk about, a lot of sports going on. You know, we don't we don't have as much info this week for the uh, spring sports. Uh, we've been focusing on the tournament all weekend, and I, I assume most of our listeners have as well, so we're going to focus on it as well. We'll be back with more, uh, you know, high school coverage, uh, deep as always, next week. But, Joe, let's dive into the tournament. And for us, for this podcast, for you and I, that starts with the Hokies going to the Sweet 16 and how sweet that is. It is. And look, here's the thing. At the beginning of the tournament, I think both you and I said we like their opportunity here to get to the Sweet 16 and anything else is just icing on the cake. And that's what they accomplished. Um, St. Louis had a really poor shooting night. I think some of that was Virginia Tech and their defense. I think some of that is maybe just St. Louis was the sixth best team in the A-10, and they got hot at the right time in the A-10 tournament, and this is what happens sometimes. To Virginia Tech's credit, Liberty pulled off an upset against Mississippi State. Liberty was winning that game at halftime against Virginia Tech. I was starting to get a little nervous. Um, we don't text during Virginia Tech games anymore, so um, <laughs> I don't know how you were feeling, but I was nervous. And in that second half, I knew the first few minutes of that second half were going to be crucial and Virginia Tech came out ready to go in that second half and they dominated and the second half and that that propelled them to that win punches their ticket to a sweet 16 I think it's only the second time in school history they've made it to the round of 16 but that was back in the 60s when like it wasn't called teams yeah it wasn't (laughs) called the sweet 16 I think only 32 teams made it or something yeah or maybe only 16 you might be right I don't know but no no modern day version of what we're doing here were we a part of the Sweet 16 or this deep in the tournament? It makes the unspe- unspoken situation um, scarier to think about just because of how well we're doing, and I hope Buzz stays forever. Um, but you know what? Regardless of what happens with that in the offseason, I think Virginia Tech fans just need to take take stock and just appreciate what is going on here. Um, you've yeah, made it to a Sweet is, 16. Got to. It's yep. the first time in school history you've been to three straight NCAA tournaments. You're now in a Sweet 16. You're the highest seed you've ever been in a NCAA tournament. So just enjoy that and appreciate what it is. And, you know, again, um, Buzz is doing great work. Uh, no disrespect to Tony Bennett, but this is why I felt like Buzz was the greatest coach in the ACC because he's doing things that have never been done at Virginia Tech. And until this tournament started, he had he didn't have Justin Robinson for basically the second half of the year. Yeah, I Justin think this, Robinson has yeah. looked pretty good. Ahmed Hill's played better. The one, if I'm being a little critical, the one thing I would say is they still have long spurts where they don't look like they know what they're doing offensively. And to me, Nikhil Alexander Walker is not NBA ready. There is nothing I have seen this tournament that makes me feel different. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And I think I've been, I, maybe not as much on the podcast. I just kind of feel like I've been saying that all year. Like, I just don't know why this keeps getting talked about. He just doesn't seem ready. He seems like he would really benefit from another year of school. So I agree with that. Um, you got to enjoy this if you're a Tech fan. I've been a Tech fan deeply, long enough, very much into basketball that I feel like I know I'm appreciating this and I'm not taking this for granted. And in the worst case scenario of all these things with buzz and where he might go or might not stay in the very least, this is a great experience, but it's also like helping the program build a a higher name. Um, Even if we lose buzz, it'll still benefit us that we've gone this deep right now. In the very least, if we're able to keep buzz, this is something to keep building from. And, you know, this is where UVA had to pass through at some point. They're a better program than us. They're in a different place than us. They're one seeds year after year and all that. So I'm admitting that. And maybe we don't get there. Maybe we do, but you got to go through this to get there. So I'm just so glad that we're doing this now. Um, For as many years as my heart's been broken by Virginia Tech basketball and any other sport we follow, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of payoff. And um, 
as a fan, I have a feeling of satisfaction. Uh, I hope the team doesn't. I hope the team's hungry. I hope they think they can go out there and just beat Duke and do everything. They need to think that. But as a fan, I got to respect the number one seed overall in the tournament with the best, with the most impactful player that I've seen in a long time. That's going to be hard for us to go up against. If we're able to get them, great. I, I think there is a way we can. I have no idea what that is. I hope Buzz knows. I don't know what it is. People are sending around blueprints to how to beat Duke and how they got exposed by Central Florida. Uh, if you're letting Zion still score in the 30s, that's a dangerous plan for me because even the other guys, if they do a little bit of something, that you're gonna have a problem. So, I'm I don't I haven't figured out the plan. By Friday, I'm sure I'll be spouting it off, and I'll maybe I'll tweet it if I figure it out. But right now, I have no idea. I'm just glad we're there, um, and I'm not a player, so I have the uh, I can afford to be that way. <laughs> Unless Taco Fall is allowed to transfer to Virginia Tech and then play for our men's basketball team, that's we don't have a blueprint for that. But Taco think, Fall was still around a lot in that game, and there was 32 points sco- scored out of Zion there. And okay, that's my point. That's why UCF yeah. was able to keep it close, though, that, yeah. because there were a lot of times that Taco scored for UCF because he was just taller than everybody else. He could yeah. get a rebound and get dunks, and yeah. he was able to deny some inside play. Yep. Because of that, we don't have that. Blackshear is good. Blackshear is not Taco Fall. He's he doesn't have that size, and Blackshear is not Zion Williamson. So I mean, nope. that is what it is. Um, yeah. Look, you're we're in my opinion, we're going to get hammered by Duke. That being said, I've I heard this. I've heard this exact phrase before. So I keep on saying it. Okay, well Zion didn't play the first time. <laughs> Zion didn't play the first time. So let's be a little realistic on what happened. I've, feel like I've been fairly realistic in this conversation. I'm not blowing past that Duke has has played well to deserve the number one ranking and them at full strength is harder than what we face them. Okay, I well, just, that's my point. I, I think I, we're going to get hammered. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we win. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. One, we're not in Blacksburg. Two, we have to play Zion. And I, I just don't think we have anybody that can hang with that kid. And that being said, there's nothing to be ashamed of if we do get hammered by Duke. I think Virginia Tech had a very good season, no matter what happens on, I uh, believe it's Friday night against Duke. Uh, it's the late game again uh, in Washington, yeah. D.C. But, you know, I'll be up and I'll watch it and yeah. I'll just, you know, bear the brunt of that game and, you know, deal with it however it happens. So on the <laughs> other side, the other team that a lot of people listening probably care about um, Virginia, they seem to get through their first half of a 16 seed game. And uh, well, that had us giggling a bit, um, but they got past that and they seem to play with a lot more confidence from the second half and in that second game. So I think, you know, they have to be going to the second weekend with a little with confidence. They've been here before. They've been in the second weekend. This is usually where they come up short. Um, so they're going to have to still kind of battle through something they haven't done before. They've never made it to this final four in recent history with Tony Bennett. So they can, they can talk about, you know, they played with more confidence and everything, but it, then it cranks right back up this week. They get Oregon, the lowest seeded team remaining in this tournament. I'll tell you what, though, watching Oregon, they get out and run. And I know UVA wants to press it down, but, like, I just – they were press, 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 just going down the court. And I just – with those opportunities, I think it'll be, it's hard for anybody to handle. I think that's why they're in the Sweet 16. I think it's hard for people to adjust to how much they're pressing down the court. Um, it'll be interesting to see how UVA matches that. You know, North Carolina likes to run. UVA beat them. But I would almost say Oregon is more just to the wall than what North Carolina does, good or bad. They're still playing basketball, so it, it, there must be some good to it. Um, but, yeah, UVA – still has an opportunity to advance this next round, but then they're going to face a solid Tennessee team that I thought all seasons tennis as solid or a Purdue team that I highly underestimated. Yeah. You guys disrespected Purdue a lot in the brackets. Um, I didn't, I think Purdue's good. I've, uh, you know, I just think they're good. They're in the big 10. The big Ten's a good conference. Um, and I think, it's a team that is going to I, I think the winner of that game wins against UVA. That being said, I think UVA walks over Oregon. I know you're talking about the press, press, press. Oregon played UC Irvine. No, I mean no, no disrespect Wisconsin to UC game, Irvine. Oregon was pressing up the court too. And and both those teams are worse than UVA. I acknowledge that. It's just the clash of styles is gonna be interesting to me as a watcher. I'm not saying it's gonna decide the game necessarily. I'm just interested interested to see if Oregon gets some 
pushing the ball down the court early. If they're successful at that, that's going to be, oh, here we go. If they're not, then the game's over and they're going to roll them. Yeah, I, I don't think Oregon has that ability to hang with UVA for very long. I think UVA had their first round scare. I think UVA is going to coast until they get to that Elite Eight. And then I think that game, there's going to be one, they're actually going to play a good team for the first time in the tournament. Two, they're going to have the added pressure of, we've never been to a Final Four. Now what happens? Um, and if that game is close at halftime, I, I don't know. It's going to be a phenomenal game. That Elite Eight game is going to be phenomenal. Just like I think the Duke-Michigan State game. up for game. a lot of them. I think the Duke-Michigan State game is going to be great. Um, UNC, I think, has Kentucky in their region. That'll be good. Yeah. And then the other yeah. one's Gonzaga-Michigan, potentially. I mean, uh, you know, and of course, I know everyone's going, well, this is all chalk. Okay, well, this tournament's been a lot of all chalk. Um, I, there haven't been too many crazy upsets, and the crazy upsets went out pretty quick. Yeah, um, 14 of 16 is chalk, and the one one of those two that aren't chalk is a five seed over a, a failing Kansas four seed. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, they're going to play the games. That's what makes the tournament exciting. Oh, good. Everyone gets, in, everyone gets invited. Everyone gets a chance. Uh, and after Here the big boys stand. Yeah, after a tough first round, speaking of our group, um, somebody rebounded quite well in round two. Uh, again, I wasn't worried when my Syracuses and my Nevadas went out or my Iowa States or my Northeasterns or my Utah States because I had all those teams going out. The only one that kind of dinged me a little bit was Belmont. And Belmont really let me down because their coach, like a clown, held on to a timeout until it was too late. Uh, Wisconsin hurt a little bit, but oh well, such is life. Um, also, UC Irvine's win was against Kansas State, not Kansas, but um, Kansas lost to Auburn. Who who are we correcting? You, when you said UC Irvine beat a... No, I said Auburn. UC Irvine didn't beat Auburn either. They beat Kansas Auburn State. Auburn beat Kansas. Oh, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're just after to get it. You just want to make me wrong in more ways than my bracket. I do. I'm yeah. sitting at the bottom of the bracket. What more do I need to be punished for? Yeah. So let's talk <laughs> about this. Um, if Texas Tech goes the final four, all of this gets corrected real quickly. Oh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> let's get real. Yeah. Gonzaga is playing really well. Michigan is who Texas Tech has to go through first. Um, yeah. But that, just that bottom, I, after watching those first, I mean, so, so the listeners know you and I spent Thursday and Friday together watching most of these games. We did, and then and then the weekend I kept watching. I missed the end of one and the beginning of another on Sunday. That's all I've missed this weekend. So I'm really well prepared for this talking about this bracket. I think Gonzaga is playing really well. I would be surprised if they don't come out of that bottom. I think they're playing better okay. than Michigan. So it's okay. gonna be a good. They're game. not playing as many good teams as Michigan. Uh, Michigan hasn't had a close game either. And it's been against better teams. Slightly better teams. But I mean, Florida's a 10 seed, which is worse than the 9 Florida seed Baylor. Would, I think Florida would beat Baylor if they played. But okay. That's we'll the just, point we'll I'm trying re-seed to make. This. Let's reseed this Joe's way and play it again. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> it but what I was trying to say is, uh, listener to the pod, Ron, I got to meet him for the first time uh, this weekend at Leland's. And um, we've had a group text now over the weekend, and he brought up this good idea between the three of us, the bottom one, because Leland and I have very differing opinions on IHOP versus Denny's, and he has a very differing opinion on Waffle House versus the world. Um, <laughs> That's very accurate. The The last place of the three of us has to buy the other two dinner, and I guess I'm assuming your assumed place would be Denny's since... I don't know. I, 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 it's funny to joke about, uh, where but is you, the closest Denny's? You also don't want to go to Denny's. Good. Yeah. Where's my closest Denny? It's the mileage. I don't want to like rent a Quicks bus to go find a Denny's and that's fine. I don't want to go to Denny's either. So <laughs> I would happily we're going to IHOP. <laughs> I would happily, uh, go somewhere else. We're lucky we're still not waiting at IHOP for our dinner from a year ago after the state championship oh game. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so, hater. yeah, we have that bet. We have a little bit extra on the line with one of the listeners. Hey, listeners, this could be you. All you have to do is interact with us. Um, and, heck, half half of you guys know where I live, and you can come sit in the family room and interact. But, yeah, it, it was a good environment to watch the game. As you know, we do it right at the McCray house. And uh, it was fun because a lot of Liberty uh, fan connections – 
there with Ron and the gang. So uh, with Virginia Tech, with it lining up for them to play each other and all that, that was a lot of fun to have a good amount of trash talk going on. Yeah, and we beat them, so that was the best part. Yeah, that's, um, that's really helped. If we didn't, I would never speak of that, yeah. And the bet may be off because they'd just be too hard. Um, <laughs> but a- as of entering the Sweet 16, Angela Mickens, as you said, uh, leading the bracket. So yeah. good for her. Uh, hoping I'm, I've looked at her bracket. I see a path where I could jump her. I'm hoping that happens. Um, obviously, when I look at my bracket, I'm looking at it saying, well, there's no way I'm going to be wrong on any of these now. Um, but I'm sure, I'm sure I'll slip and fall right behind her though, is Jay, uh, Jeff, Wright. Yeah. Um, He's right behind. And then right behind that, I believe is Scott. Uh, also he was a coworker of Ron there, uh, and Ron's in fourth. What's very interesting is Tom and Cody, those first three, there all have a different national champion. So that's really interesting. Like it's be very easy for one of them to jump to the top with their national once they get to that point. So, uh, it's a tight race up at the top. And, uh, I mean, the, the spread is not humongous. Um, it's just going to take a lot. My, my problem is I need Texas tech to go my way. And then everything else I have is the same as everybody else. So like, I think at best I can get like fourth or fifth. Now you have <laughs> Duke I'm, ending on here. Do you have a problem with the way the Duke game ended? I don't have a problem with it. It was exciting. Uh, I mean, on it, like, as you know, we set up three TVs in our family room. Um, it kept the, Virginia tech game from being on the big screen, uh, to start the game because it was such an exciting end. I kept yelling at my wife that I wish that their game was a blowout like it should be. And so we could be watching the tech game, but it was an exciting finish. And, uh, I mean, players make plays Zion made some plays in the end. And even when they miss free throws that they shouldn't miss, they still find ways to get in there. And, um, it was exciting and, and I don't have a problem. The game was called, I, I don't have a problem. I've seen, People complaining about the officiating in that game should watch any regular season game throughout the year, and you'll see worse. I mean, watch a Florida State-Virginia Tech game just for a minute, and you'll see some worse calls. So. Uh, yeah, it's nowhere near that. I didn't have a problem. I mean, I look. at all. So I found people myself. That Duke. was the people one. People hating Duke, which yeah. I understand. I, I, I get live it. That, I, I live Yeah, I live it, too. <laughs> I get it. But I think this is a little too far. Um, I thought that was a 50-50 call, and it went against UCF. Tough break. Um. That being said, UCF had a chance to win if they could have gotten a tip in. So, yep. and Man. and here's Crazy the thing that would have wrecked my bracket. I w- we would be going to IHOP if Duke had lost that game. But <laughs> I'm not gonna lie when when I saw UCF have the chance for the tip, and I was like, oh please, because also selfishly, I'm thinking ahead. Okay, yeah. Virginia Tech <laughs> Virginia Tech gets UCF. Get like, oh my god, look, I could totally see Taco Fall ruining our tournament. But <laughs> that being said. If you're going to say, hey, Joe, would you rather play UCF or Duke? I'm going to say, oh, give me UCF. Yeah. In anything, in any sport, any time of the year. Uh, no, <laughs> I will take Duke football versus UCF football. Uh, that, that's, yeah, I probably didn't think that one through. But, yeah, it's just, yeah, Duke is the top of basketball, and uh, it would be nice not to be facing them this next round. But stranger things have happened, so I'm still going to hold out hope. I just got to figure out how it's going to happen. I imagine that um, Purdue or UCF surf team is better than Dukes as well. But yeah, I underestimated <laughs> Auburn. I, you know, the Big East teams used to come in with a little bit of fire. I heard your joke. You're hilarious. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Auburn, though, I used to pick at the Big East teams that caught fire. I I rode the UConn wave that year that they caught fire in the Big East tournament. Went to the tournament. I had them deep in the tournament. I don't then I'm winning it. But I used to do that with Big East teams. I didn't, I wasn't sold on the SEC team, Auburn, that, you know, caught fire. I just thought they faced a spent Tennessee team. Um, they're looking good. I mean, I, I know Kansas isn't great, and so maybe that win's not as good, but they really look good doing it. And, I mean, a lot of people had New Mexico State, very senior-led team. A lot of people had them picked. Auburn beat them, too. So well, Auburn is a, a team game, that yeah. I really underestimated. New Mexico State almost got them. And I think if New Mexico State had beaten them, they would have beaten Kansas. I think that was a thing of the winner of that game beats Kansas. Yeah, I had no faith in Kansas. I had uh, Kansas going down in the first round and so so forth. So, yeah, it just. Yeah, you and Northeastern in the Sweet 16. Yeah, that was a mistake. And then uh, Purdue, I, I, we already talked about That's me the underestimating them, but, man, yeah. they looked really solid. Really Purdue, solid. Purdue looks good. They handled yeah. ODU and they handled Villanova. 
who I know Villanova's from the Big East, which is having a down year, but that they are the defending national champions, and they absolutely housed them. I think Tennessee... Uh, look, that Tennessee game's going to be good, Leland. I know I, I turned off the Tennessee-Iowa game. They were up like 25, and I was like, okay, I don't need to watch this. I can. I have other stuff I can do. Well, it came on back. Well, but they did, and I caught the end because yeah. I turned it on near the end to see like the beginning of this next game, and I was like, oh, what is happening here? And Iowa got it into OT, and then they just didn't have anything left when they got into OT. But that Purdue-Tennessee game is going to be special. LSU-Michigan State is going to be a good game too. Yeah, I those think are my two games, I think. Games. Yeah, I think those are my two, though, that if you can only watch two, those are the two to watch. Michigan State, LSU, Purdue, Tennessee. Both are Big Ten versus SEC matchups. And I, I'm picking both Big Ten teams there, but I, I didn't even have LSU here. So It's like a New Year's Day bowl schedule. Like All we're watching is SEC versus Big Ten. Mm. Except the Big Ten's <laughs> overrated in college football, but yeah. I agree. They're on New Year's Day, though. All right. Let's move let's... on. Let's move on to baseball, Leland. Let's do it. We've we've waited long enough. It's baseball time. Opening day is this week. I'm worried about the Orioles. Um Alex Cobb may be injured. The the best thing about this year was maybe him doing good and then flipping him. He was supposed to be the opening day starter. He's got a slight injury. It's not major, but it's slight. So we'll see how that goes. Um but other than that, you know, let's hashtag rebuild. Um, rebuild the nest. So let's go to the AL East to start our picks, Leland. We have the same team here. Yeah, we have a lot of the same teams. Uh, Boston's going to be something that comes through there. In the American League, my biggest reach that I wanted to make this year is going to be the AL Central. The Twins, I think they have a lot going in their favor. I think they've been building for this. I think the twins are going to be that kind of surprise team this year. I put my foot in my mouth likely with you a week or two ago and kind of told you this. And I said something stupid, like they're going to make the ALCS. So when I looked at it closer, I wish I hadn't said that, but I'm going to stick with it. Um, And so I will ride them deep. We'll talk about playoff predictions, but the twins, I have a lot of faith in, and I really, uh, they're going to kind of be my second kind of rooting for them for me to be right uh, kind of team. Um, and just cause I like the movie little big league too. I, I that's the other factor. Okay. <laughs> Underrated baseball movie. Mm, I would disagree, but okay. So um, who do you got in the central? It's different than who I got. I got the Indians. I just think the Indians are going to win again. Yeah. I don't think this division's good. I think the Indians, despite losing some pieces are still the best team. I do like that. The twins went out and got Nelson Cruz. I mean, he's yeah. a great hitter. He's going to help them. Jonathan scope. We'll see that guy's trending downward. Um, they need, they're going to need guys like Byron Buxton to step up for the twins. And then they're going to need their pitchers to actually be good. And I don't know if that's going to be the case. Um, Berrios is going to be good and Gibson will be good for the twins, but I think that's probably where it ends. Now I contrast that with the Cleveland Indians who I love their team, uh, especially the rotation Kluber, Carrasco, uh, Bauer, Clevenger, and then the new guy, uh, Bieber. Shane Bieber, not Justin Bieber. I never root for anybody named Bieber. I think those guys are going to be great. <laughs> now, they di- the Indians did lose Edwin Encarnacion, but they bring on Hanley Ramirez. The question is, can Hanley Ramirez kind of have a rebound? He's Yeah. He didn't have a great year last year. Can he rebound? Uh, Carlos Santana, Jose Ramirez is a big, big get. Uh, is a big, big player, sorry, for the Cleveland Indians. And I think if Jose Ramirez puts up MVP-type numbers... It doesn't even need to win the MVP. It just needs to be in the conversation. I think that's good enough in this division, which is horrible to get in the playoffs. There is only one playoff team from this division. And that's why I think the Twins, like that was the other factor of me thinking the Twins could be good. I I acknowledge the Indians won't just be doormat, but the other three teams in that division are doormat. So there's a lot of wins to get. I mean, you play those division teams so much. And so I think both of our logic is you're going to rank up a bunch of wins. And, and I think it comes down to battles between them. I think we're talking about the top two teams in that division. So uh, I think that'll be interesting. Moving it forward. We both have Houston in the West, Mm -hmm. uh, which I'm just still, I I mean, I know that's been years now. I mean, I sat there and just, but without looking at a, roster or anything was like or a um, standing sheet 
like, who am I going to pick in the West? Like the Mariners, like maybe they could get something going. And the A, uh, no, it took me forever to get down to Houston. And uh, finally, I remember them, and it was kind of the obvious choice. Um, the Yankees, we both have in the AL wild card, and that's basically probably just talking to the strength of Boston. Yeah, I, I think Boston wins the division, but I think that could go to the last day of the season. I think the Yankees are going to be right behind them. Um, oh, that's that's exactly what Major League Baseball wants is a one game playoff between those two. Yeah, um, I mean, that's exactly what they want. Yeah. And I think it, they might get it because, again, I think these two teams are closer this year than they have been in the past. Um, uh, looking at the Yankees, uh, they're pretty much the same. Uh, they added Troy Tillowitzki. I don't know what that does. If I'm being brutally honest, I think he's bad. I wondered why you said it when they brought him on and we're like, now we don't need Manny Machado. I was like, "Mm, no, you do. Um, But it's going to come down to pitching. The Yankees improved. It's probably wise of them not to have spent the money on Machado though. I agree because their biggest need was in the rotation and they improved that a little bit. Um, they I got mean, if we Paxton. ignore the logo, we probably don't just treat them like they're stupid, you know? Right. Paxton and <laughs> J.A. Happ, I think, are good additions. The question is, can they hold up for an entire season? We'll see. Yeah. Uh, like, Boston and New York are going to, I think that, you know, that could just come down to who stays healthier. Because I think those two teams are pretty close. Um, with Aaron Judge, Giancarlo, I mean, those are the big bat. Sanchez, probably going to have another good year. The question... Particularly yeah. arms staying healthy, though. Yeah, because... But I think Boston's the better rotation, and I yeah. think they're the they have a better lineup. So that's why I give the edge to Boston. Um, but I would not be surprised to see the Yankees maybe win that division of Boston get the top wild card. It's possible. Uh, and then, but you still wouldn't. I mean, if if either one either one of those teams coming out of the wild card could win the AL easily. I mean, it could happen. Like you wouldn't put it past either one of them. Sure. And where where we differ here, Leland, is I love me some tampa bay rays and you I don't have missed a memo on them because i i don't know what's so much better about them this year to get them in for you you have them in the al wild card and that second al wild card yeah, i don't know if I you know I this just missed they were changed. a 90 win team last year any other year that's good enough to get in the playoffs it will be good enough this year and i think they might be better uh this team's good okay they've got tony fam on the team which is a big get. Obviously, El Garcia is a big get for the Tampa Bay Rays. These are players that will help shore up the lineup. You add Mike Zanino behind the plate. It's another great catching addition where you don't necessarily have a lot of power in the American League uh, or in baseball in general. He provides that for the Tampa Bay Rays. But it comes down to pitching. And this is where the Rays usually are good, and they already added pieces. They had Blake Snell last year, who was dynamite. They add Charlie Morton. If Tyler Glasnow can continue to improve for the Tampa Bay Rays, this is a team that is going to get that second wild card spot. I don't. If they don't, I don't think it's the Mariners that get it. All right. So by your same logic, the Mariners won 89 games last year, so one game behind what Tampa did, and they play in a worse division. So I think this year, with their improvements they've made, they'll be able to pick up a couple more wins and get beyond that 90 win mark and they will grab that last spot. And they're already two games up, so we'll call it good. No. Um, yeah, because the season let me... started. Seasons, they're two games up. They're ready to go. Great. Um, <laughs> the the rotation for the Mariners is not nearly as good as the rotation for the Rays. Their lineup but they're not, is not facing the Red Sox and Yankees every week. Okay, they're facing the Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Angels, who I think are going to be better than the Seattle eh. Mariners this year. Eh. Why? Because I think they're going to take that step forward this year. I think they will. I don't think they're ready yet. I just don't. I, I don't think they're ready yet. I don't think they're there yet. I, I see it coming. I think at some point the Angels will be better because Mal, uh because Trout signed. Which I mean, who saw that coming? But uh, <laughs> we. Oh yeah. We, uh, the Angels, I think, will get there at some point with Trout in this contract. I just don't see it coming immediately. So go ahead. Tell tell everybody why you were right. Yeah, I said on here that the <laughs> Angels were not going to let the greatest player to ever play the game hit free agency. Good on them. Smart and on them. they didn't. They threw $440 million. I think I said 400 or $500 million. They threw $430 million at him. They got him. The contract is one year less than Bryce Harper, so it means Mike Trout can rub that in Bryce Harper's face. 
Yeah, um, he was the best paid player in baseball for like 18 days or something. Yeah, which good because <laughs> he's so much better than Bryce Harper. Yeah, he's better. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just think, Leland, I don't think the Mariners are as good as the Tampa Bay Rays. And I know you mentioned the Red Sox and the Yankees, and that's true. But the Mariners won't be getting as many games against the Blue Jays and the Orioles, which are downright dirty baseball. I mean, I'll take the Rangers and athletics pretty quickly, though. Bad teams. Uh, but see, I don't think the Mariners are that much better than the Rangers. And I don't think they're better than I don't even know if they're that much better than the A's. I could see the Mariners being fourth in this division. I mean, the Rangers only won 67 games last year. Yeah, okay, like, so how, they'll how pound up on the Rangers. I'll give you the Rangers. They'll pound up the on the Rangers. I think the Athletics could drop off. They won 97 games last year. Yeah, I, they will drop off, but they're not going to drop off that much. I think I think they're better than the Mariners. I think the Mariners are the fourth best team in the ALS this year. But. That's what I took. They're already two games up. I'm riding it. I'm riding the wave. Cool. The early lead. Cool. Uh, they won the Japan series that nobody cares about. Um, it was the zero retirement series. Yeah, good for them. Moving to the National League, you've got the Braves. I like that pick. Um, we got a lot of the same teams, just in different spots, really. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Nats to come back and win that division. I thought adding Patrick Corbin was a, a story. really really solid move for the Washington Nationals. Uh, couple that with, I think Anthony Rendon is due for an even better year than he had last year. Uh, and if that is the case, then the Nationals are talking about a really outstanding season. Uh, and I don't disagree with you. I got the Nats in my first wild card. You have the Braves in your first wild card. So we're similar thinking in that area. Um, the Braves were a little ahead of schedule last year is what everybody was saying. I think they kind of stay on that track and go ahead and get in the playoffs uh, or, or get at a decent spot in the playoffs by winning the division. And that, uh, that's just where I picked them. But, you know, I think it's going to be a razor thin margin between them and the Braves. I, I agree. I, I Yes. It's it's between those two. The other one definitely gets the top wild card, in my opinion. Yeah. And so I will agree with you there. Central, I've got the Brewers winning the division with the Cardinals as my wild card. You have the Cardinals, but no Brewers. I kind of thought I forgot about the Brewers, I think. I think that's kind of what happened. Yeah, when you wrote the I'll Pirates, I was like, mm, bold. Oh, but Pirates are the homer pick of the, of the whole deal here. Uh, cool. Uh, I'll let you explain that in a minute. We both have the Dodgers. I don't have good reasons. It's a homer pick. It's a, that's, that's all I got. Okay. Well, I'll, I'm picking the Cardinals because they have Paul Goldschmidt. Um, that is a good addition. Yeah, that's a very good addition. When they signed him, that's good. It's just the Cardinals were a bit worse than like you're used to seeing the Cardinals be last year, and that's just kind of stuck with me. It's just like sank in my head. Like they, yeah, you picked they them to win the division. Did, they just didn't seem like the Cardinals last year. And like, I think they fell worse and then kind of had to fight back towards the end uh, to not finish quite as bad, but it just kind of stuck in my head that maybe there's, there's still like not as I do have one in the division. Why are you talking me out of that? I'm not, I'm just saying, I think that's why they're a wild card and not the division winner. I like the, the Brewers. Brewers, the ones I'm against. I just don't believe in the Brewers. I never liked the Brewers other than their announcer. I have nothing for the Brewers. So Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, Jesus Aguilar, Travis Shaw, Ryan Braun. They were good. They, they, Mike Moustakis. surprised me last year. Yes, Monty Grandal. I'm mentioning guys that could all hit 20-plus homers this year, by the way. I'm not um, really arguing anything you're saying. I just hitters. hadn't sunk in my head. I, I just kind of didn't think about them. Okay. I'm telling you, I don't know. They're going to win the division. Your Pirates, I don't even think here's the crazy thing, Leland. It's your homer pick, so I'll let you have it. Uh, I would put the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, ahead of them for sure. Um, the maybe, Diamondbacks finished the even with them last year. Maybe the Phillies. And... Phillies finished even with them last year. Dare I say, but, dare I say, a team that went hog wild in the offseason and added a lot of pieces... The Padres, <laughs> the Cincinnati Reds. Oh, they did. The Reds, man, they were trying to make a run. They, they just have a Puig. lot to improve on. Yeah, they got Puig, um, and then in the rotation, they they went out and got Sonny Gray, uh, Tanner Rourke. They did. They made a lot of moves. <sighs> this could be a good team. Yeah, I'm pulling for my Pirates. It's, if it's a if there's day. a dark horse team, folks, it's the Reds. That's your dark horse team this year. I don't get why my Twins aren't a dark horse team. Because they were in the playoffs last year. They they weren't in the playoffs last year, but they that's fine. played the New York Yankees in the wild card game, did they not? 
Did they really? God, I just don't even remember that. I think or was be that much the Oakland movie. A's? No, it, it had to be the Twins. The A's had no. We should know what we're talking about. It's not the Twins. The Twins only won seventy-eight games last year. The Twins weren't in the playoffs <laughs> last year. Okay. That's what you kept saying this to me like, two weeks ago. We talked about this, and I was like, "Were they? Like, I don't remember that." Maybe I just assumed they were. That second wild card was so bad last year, Leon. Yeah, that's fine. All right, let's talk about these playoffs a little bit. Um, I mean, I had the Pirates at the second wild card, so it's not some like big statement. I'm just saying they slide in there, and it's probably wrong. All right, ALCS. I have the Sox over the Twins uh, because I blocked myself in with my mouth. Um, I think the Red Sox come out of the American League is basically where I'm getting to, and I put the Twins because I already said it. I have the Sox over the Yankees in six in the ALCS, and I'll take the Brew Crew beating the Nats in the NLCS in seven. I got an interesting... <coughs> Excuse me. I got a similar World Series as last year because I got the Dodgers over the Braves in the NLCS, and so that creates that Sox-Dodgers World Series. I just don't think you're going to see a repeat. That Dodger team, it just seems like they set themselves up to like be in that Bryce Harper sweepstakes, but everything I kept hearing was like they'll be very solid and good, and then if they get him, it's just icing on the cake. So I'm just going to ride that solid and good because they've been right there. I I, I don't know. I think they're going to be good again. I, I put them in the World Series again. But uh, I got the Sox beating them in seven. I think the Dodgers are a six-game losing streak away from self-destructing. Now, I picked them to win that division, but I think team chemistry will, means they won't be in the NLCS. I don't think they win a playoff series. Um, so that's why I like the Nats and the Brew Crew. Uh, a so, six yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. A lot of teams lose six games. It, like a lot of, <laughs> of these teams in the, from last year that are six teams worse are... I think they're going to go into the playoffs in a bad mood, though. Like, I think they're going to end on a sour note. And then when when they're in the playoffs, I think that kind of rolls over. And I think you see the Nats. Yeah, let's go with the Nats taking out the Dodgers. I think that's probably who they get. Maybe the Brewers. Either one beats the Dodgers. It'd be something if the Nats would win a World Series, win a playoff series. I think they improved enough to do that. So I have them in the NLCS. I have them losing to the Brewers in the NLCS. And then I have Boston beating the Brewers in five because I think Boston is that much better. Boston is good. We both got the socks. So we'll have to revisit these picks when we get to October. Um, and we'll uh, have an opportunity to freshen up our picks at that point. Um, but should be interesting. I'm least confident about my pirates, but the twins are kind of what I'm rooting for just because I, I just feel it. I hope I'm right. The twins are not going to be good, but okay. Fun. Moving on to NASCAR. I'm going to write down the this, race. this recording moment so I can get the intro for September ready. Okay, fine. And we'll play <laughs> how right I was when the twins are horrible. Um, Martinsville was the race this weekend. Brad Keselowski won. Paul Menard finished 15th on the Wood Brothers home track. And your Bubba Wallace with his best finish of the year up there at 17th. Yeah, I... He he was good on the short track this week. He's had a rough time for a year now. He's had a rough time. So it was good to see him get a better finish. Um, but, yeah, that's not good enough to start writing home about. So he's going to have to improve. Um, you know, Menard's going to need to be getting going here, too, for your for your postseason sakes. You're going to hope he well, yeah, he's got to win, win somewhere. He's got to win a race. And I would, hmm, I would say Daytona or Talladega is probably the most likely. Texas is a chance because that's a big track, too. Um, but well, yeah. lucky for you, Texas is next. Yeah. So let's go. Let's get one in Texas, boys. All right. Let's go to the next segment here on the Exports Podcast. Okay. No interview this week. So we're going to deep dive on a topic. And Leland, one of the things that occurred in March Madness was Michigan State's Tom Izzo yelling at one of his players. And I believe it was the Bradley game, uh, the opening round game, where he kind of went into one of his players a little bit. And that caused an uproar on social media in particular uh, that Tom Izzo was yelling at a player and did he go too far? Um, uh, you and I have similar opinions on this, but I'll go ahead and let you go first. 
it's just it is crazy to me when I looked at the screen on Friday morning and that's the topic going across the bottom. Like, is Tom Izzo right to be honest? Yes. Like he's holding his player accountable and yeah, he went a little bit crazy, but like that's have, I don't know. I, have you never gotten upset with somebody that you're dependent on to do something Has have you never, you know, snapped at, your wife or your best friend or your brother when the things aren't going the way you want. And then, you know, you, you get past it and like, everybody's good after the game. Like if you got into the post game press conference and the kids like crying or has a big problem or immediately you're hearing like I'm transferring, like maybe you'd second guess as well, but like everybody's good. Like Tom is, a fiery guy and those players go to play for him because he's a, because of who he is. And they know the package that they're getting. They've seen him on the sideline. Tom is not hiding from anybody. This is who he is. We've seen this before. I don't know why all of a sudden this is a problem. And it, he's holding him accountable. And the and I just didn't get it. And the, and the other players on the team also stepped up and showed leadership. And that's the kind of players that Tom Ozo's creating, those other guys that were also doing the right thing in that situation. So he didn't beat the kid. He didn't, um, I don't throw a chair at him. Like, he didn't choke him out like a Rutgers coach or something. Like, why is everybody getting an uproar about this? I just don't understand it. And I also saw Scott Van Pelt. I think he touched on it Thursday night and then Friday night had his whole spiel about it. It was perfectly said, like Scott Van Pelt usually does. But it's just like people need to understand, like, at some point people have to grow up and be held accountable. And it's not just basketball players. It's every line of work. Eventually, you're going to have to answer to somebody else. Man, woman, child, or man, woman, young adult, anything. You're going to eventually have to step up and answer to something. And so that's what that kid's doing. I just don't – I do not under even understand the discussion about it. And I, maybe, maybe we shouldn't be talking about it because of it because it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, I think you touched on a lot of things there that are right. I agree with you on this. I think I didn't have a problem with what Tom Izzo did. Um, as a person who's watched sports his whole life, I'm used to seeing coaches yell at players. I don't think it's a big deal. I think when you're in the big dance and you're a two seed and there are a lot of people saying you're the only challenge Duke has in that region and, and potentially in the bracket, um, I think you have a lot of expectations. I think they're in the first half, and for a lot of that game, Michigan State was in danger of getting upset by a 15 seed in Bradley. And I think Tom Izzo just thought his players were not playing up to their capability, and they weren't. And he got into a kid for turning the ball over and not doing what he's supposed to be doing. And I just think this is a larger thing of the society we live in now it's almost too soft and it's too can't hurt yeah. anybody's feelings ever and when you do that i mean that's sure that's a way right there's the silent coaches like tony dungy but there's coaches that get in people's faces and yell and get upset when things aren't going well and that's a philosophy of coaching too and that's a way to inspire and get results too it can work as you said, the kid at the podium had no problem with it. Uh, the other players had no problem with it. So I don't know why everyone else has to get offended for him. I think it's another problem we have sometimes where people get offended for other people. And I think when people stop being offended by everything that they don't agree with, I think we can get a lot more accomplished as a society and this is just one of those things. If if this is one of the things that upsets you and you think this is the biggest problem in college sports or college in general, I just direct you to the news last week of the admissions scandal. That's a bigger problem with colleges today. Um, not well. That's because their parent their parents don't want their kids to get decline letters or go to a college that's seen as viewed as lesser. That's, yeah, that's direct making them correlation that's direct like not making them be accountable for what they've done or are you're doing. either going to see negativity as a young child or growing up in a college at or sport atmosphere where the consequences aren't as dire or you're going to run into it later in life when it's a bigger deal and if you don't run into it until later in life you're not gonna be able to handle it and you're gonna have yeah. bigger problems on your hands then so you need to get the bad grade or not get into the school that you think is best 
or win, lose a game. You know, you'll be all right. And I know we don't like to get political, so and I'm not going to pick a side here, but both sides, I'm going to say this about. If you listen to news that you agree with, and that's all you listen to, and this is guilty on both sides. So again, I'm not saying just one side here. I think it's a problem with both sides in this country. If you listen to only the people you agree with, you're a part of the problem because you don't want to hear things that you don't agree with because you don't feel comfortable. You need to understand both sides of an argument. You need to be able to understand why someone disagrees with you. You need to understand why Tom Izzo has a problem with a kid not doing what he needs to do on the floor. That kid understands that. That kid knows Tom Izzo is not going to try to yell at him for the sake of yelling at him. Tom Izzo is yelling at him because they go over this stuff week in, week out, and he's not seeing what he's supposed to be seeing on the floor. Yeah. I mean, I coached seven little girls in basketball, and I'm going to say I never had a moment anything towards what Coach Izzo does on a daily basis, much less in that moment. But there was times where I got stern with some kindergarten age girls of, hey, every practice every day we are together we talk about you going to this spot and then rotating at the right time and like yeah sometimes like nice and helping push along and being eventually you have to be a little stern to get a point across and i i respect tom Izzo enough to be able to gauge when that time is and again if you have a problem with tom Izzo doing it i just want to see the outrage when coach k yells at a kid during the Virginia Tech game. And I'm not even saying because Duke doesn't play well in that game. It happens every Duke game. He yells at a kid because a kid does something wrong. And that's what Coach K does. That's what Roy Williams does. That's what Jim Boeheim does. at these 16 teams. I mean, Tony Bennett's yelled at some guys. Tony Bennett seems like the nice gentleman. He, I've heard him yelling at guys. Maybe, maybe Everybody not all the words does in the book, it. but he gets after them. Everybody does it. And I yes. just think if you think your coach doesn't do it, you either have the 1% of coaches that don't do it or you're kidding yourself. And it's about venue too. As I saw some of those comments like, well, if you got yelled at this at your job, you know, well, this ain't your job. This is a basketball court where every, like there's 30,000 people or I don't know the number yelling inside that stadium and your players on the other end of the court. It, and when you begin yelling at him further away and he gets closer, yeah, you might still be yelling. Like, it's just, this isn't, you know, the back of McDonald's. This isn't a boardroom. This isn't a factory line. This is a basketball court. And what Tom Izzo did had nothing wrong with it. I agree. Let's get out of here. Let's talk more about us in the next segment. Time for the D block here on the X Sports Podcast. That's where we talk about ourselves a little bit. And Joe, what is dominating my life is my middle child. Yes, we do remember who she is and celebrate her birthdays. Uh, you know, we're we're not the same as every other family. It just ignores their middle child. Uh, but our middle middle little girl had her birthday party this weekend. It was very nice um, to focus on her for a little bit and really dive into a party that was based on her interests. And I had a lot of fun with it. And why I'm mentioning this on the sports podcast, it made me miss basketball this weekend. Usually there's nothing that can make me miss basketball on the opening weekend of tournament. Um, You know, when I first heard about the Mumford and Sons concert that I went to last week, when I first heard about it, I thought it was opening weekend of tournament. And I was like, man, I love Mumford and Sons. That would be really a once in a lifetime. No, I'm not missing any uh, first weekend of tournament. So like, that's how much I like the first weekend of tournament. I was so happy when when this little girl was born that her wife was uh, we had a planned uh, delivery for just after the first weekend of the tournament. So I was very happy to go celebrate her birthday, miss a little bit of basketball for it. Nearly thought I was going to miss the best game of the tournament. Luckily, that wasn't uh, the case. But if it would have, it would have been worth it. It was great to celebrate her. Um, And what I've learned about little kids birthday parties is really just present an opportunity for violence at some point. I went out there as a target at one point. We gave them little inventions to do. They made little um, marshmallow guns, and they were rocketing me. I mean, it was it was a sight to see. Um, there was one little cousin I really had to watch out for because uh, he was putting the heat on it. Uh, we're gonna get a little. We're gonna watch him for futures uh, in Major League Baseball. There, he had an arm on him. So. 
fun birthday party. That's what was dominating my life this weekend, other than the marathon watching a basketball. Nice. With you, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did watch, yeah, half the tournament with you, I, and um, I haven't started it, but I've allowed a few weeks to roll by enough to where I think I can now start season two of American Gods and not catch up to it. Um, again, if you're not familiar with American Gods, season one already aired. This is season two. Uh, it's a book written by Neil Gaiman. Highly recommend it. Really great book. Love Neil Gaiman stuff. And for me, knowing that American Gods is out there, uh, watching the TV show has been pretty good too. It's stuck pretty close to the books. And so far, so good. I don't want to say anything else because it starts to spoil things. But um, really good, and you should check it out uh, if you like fantasy because that's what it is. It's it's about old gods coming to America, and they're clashing with today's gods like TV and the Internet and stuff like that. It's so it's kind of a commentary to, like, today's society worships those things like they used Kids to worship. Days. Like they used to worship, uh, yeah, kid, uh, the gods of old. Um, but yeah, it's a really good show, and I highly recommend it. Awesome. What do you know that I need to know? Watching, so one of the games I watched that wasn't with you was my brother came over, and we went to go see This Is Us later that night, um, which that didn't make my list uh, this week. But What'd you see? This Is Us. Or no, 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 not This Is uh, Us. Yeah, yeah. Um, us, the movie Us. us. Uh, we do need to talk about that at some point, but if it's not right now, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic film. Fantastic film. Loved it. Super psychological nut movie. Um, Jordan Peele, man. It's crazy. He's it's really crazy. good. Uh, I'm really upset good. that The Twilight Zone is CBS All Access only. Um, the one show I would be, my, I would be interested in watching on CBS is a show they don't put on TV. Cancel that network. That being said, <laughs> Admiral Schofield of Tennessee, while I hope he loses to Purdue, is the coolest name in the history of the NCAA tournament. When they put up his name, Admiral Schofield, I was like, if that's not a military sounding name, I don't know what is. Is this the coolest name left in the tournament or in the tournament? Because in the history of the tournament, having your name be in Taco is pretty cool. Taco Fall is cool, but it's not Admiral Schofield. I think the only thing that would be better, and this is going to really piss Tennessee fans off, I am aware as I get ready to say it. <laughs> if he would have went to Vanderbilt and been a Commodore <laughs> on top of it, that would have or Navy, that would have been even better. But his name being Admiral Schofield, I could just totally see someone like reading in a history book, like Admiral Schofield got through the British blockade and saved the American <laughs> Revolution. Like I if I read that, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. Well, another reason to read for Tennessee uh, in one no. of their in, in both or the road, the road ends here. here. Let's I'm go for the Purdue or, or Tennessee come Sunday so, or, or Saturday. Oh, so. No doubt. <laughs> All right, Leland, what do you know that we need to know? I thought the commercials for the tournament this year were pretty good. Um, I thought there was minimal annoyingness. I mean, there was, I mean, they're repetitive. And when you're watching as many as I did, uh, <laughs> they're going to be repetitive. So, like, I just have to kind of modify how I look at it. And, I mean, one of the conversations you and I had at our house, with my wife included, was the annoying commercials of the past, including the Napa know-how, which was the best but I thought the commercials this year are pretty good. One of the ladies at work that I talked to about basketball, she was saying how she thought the commercials for tournament were better than the Super Bowl. And like, yes, I, I was just about They're to say that. They're generally funny. They're lighter. Like maybe the Super Bowl doesn't need to be heavy all the time. And like, broach these heavy subjects or fix America in a 30 second ad. Like maybe just get two announcers on there and that are sometimes funny. I mean, not every joke they made there in those commercials are great, but you and I were laughing at most of them because it's just ridiculous. And I cannot wait until this fall when I tell you that yellow is a secondary color. It's coming. Just be ready for it. Because I, 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 I like those jokes. But like in general, they were pretty good jokes. The songs and other and the ones that aren't nearly as funny uh, weren't annoying. So I don't know. I thought the commercials were pretty good. And there's limited time in my life that I watch commercials. It is... You know, during live sports is it. 
Yeah. And especially at tournament, um, while I have three games on at one time, I'm leaving the one game on the TV the whole time. So I'm hearing all these commercials, even though I'm focused on other games. So I really take them in. And I, I thought it was a good effort this year on the commercials. And there was a lot of fresh ones. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, a lot of new commercials. And I agree with your um, friend from work. I, I thought this was better than the Super Bowl. Watching yeah. it, I was thinking that. I was like, I think this might be better than the Super Bowl. And it hit me Saturday, really. Because I was like, you know, watching the Super Bowl commercials this year, I was really disappointed. Watching these, I like them. They're light. They're funny. Like you said, they're yeah. light. They're funny. The only one I didn't like is the GMC tailgate one. I think that's dumb. The guy and that who wasn't a fresh one. That's an old no. Commercial. That's an old one. And the guy who's carrying it, and they kind of zoom up on, and he doesn't yeah, really sing. Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> sing it either. He's like, "Gooba!" Like I would oh, yeah, love. Goodbye, not, yeah, yeah. I would love for like Mike Tyson to come off screen and just deck <laughs> that guy and knock him unconscious because I think that guy is totally and utterly useless. Um, but that being said, uh, you know. Yeah, it didn't help my interest in the product. I'm interested in that kind of tailgate because it looks cool and can do all sorts of things. And having a step up into the back of the truck would be an interesting thing. That commercial did not help. I'm never going to buy a truck anyway. But if I did, it now definitely won't be a GMC because of those commercials. (laughs) Um, That that being said, the AT&T commercials are great. I thought they were hilarious. The one thing they did that I didn't enjoy, when they're going to the halftime stuff, I didn't need that. Like, I didn't need Ernie being like, let's throw it to Phil. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. Now it's dumb. But I I didn't enjoy that. But there's worse, worse things than that. Can I just say, Ernie, Charles Barkley, those two are pure magic. And the other guy's name is escaping me. You can plug in the other pieces and they're. The the other name is escaping me that does the inside the NBA that also does the March Madness tournament. I know Clark Kellogg was in studio. uh, yeah, you Kenny. got uh, Kenny Smith. Kenny Smith. Those three are amazing. And if they could find a way to work Shaq and Clark Kellogg, because I like Clark Kellogg, so I still want Shaq him to be in there. a year or two ago. It did not flow as well. It was just too much. This way, they can all just kind of find a, make fun of Shaq or make fun of Charles Barkley, and it kind of works. I think it's a better balance. It's less I, personal. Shaq yeah. does kind of sometimes make it personal. <laughs> but, yeah, it's funny. Um, and also, you don't need to just take the NBA show and move it over to college. You can no, take I agree. The, take the couple pieces, have it here. I think it does pretty well. Um, and they trash on Charles. That's good. It's it's always fun to make fun of Charles Barkley. And even though I don't watch a lot of NBA basketball, inside the NBA, oh, excuse me, inside the NBA is amazing. Yep. It is. I mean, people best, say best it's, sports show, period. And people always say it's that and college game day are the two best shows. And that one oh, is it's the not winner. Even... And it is. And it, it's, it's just good. And like they have a really good dynamic with each other. And what I actually appreciate about that show is when some of these social issues come up, they don't run from them and they do touch on them. And usually they they do a decent job for as dumb as Shaq and, and Charles can sound sometimes. They they usually hit these different topics somewhat well and address them quickly and not wait three weeks to have a statement. They they address it in the moment. I and I think that's meaningful, especially for the people watching it to to have that voice that quickly. Yeah, to me, it, college game day is not within a country mile of inside the NBA. Well, that will do it for us here on Yak Sports, Leland. Uh, don't forget, folks, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod. Uh, you can find us on Google Play, Spotify, iTunes as well. Yak Sports Podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and interact with us. Tell us why your bracket is better than ours. Tell us why you're better at this than, you know, how Leland and I are wrong and Purdue's not good or Virginia Tech is going to beat Duke and I'm just a hater. I uh, just so everybody knows during the middle of our podcast there, you heard my phone go off and it was uh, the hokey gobble. Uh, that means the tickets at for the game for the, the hokey allotment are sold out. They uh, they had this whole plan of like the different groups. They got access to tickets because it's in D.C. Mm-hmm. Hokies playing Duke in D.C. Friday night. And uh, yeah, those tickets went quick. It's going to be a big hokey crowd there. It's going to be a good environment there this weekend. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Also, tell us your baseball picks. Uh, tell them. Tell us who's going to win the World Series. Uh, tell us, tell me why I should believe the Orioles aren't going to lose 100 games because I want to believe. Like Fox Mulder, I want to believe. 
I help, figured you guys are just uh, help me get there. You're just dunking it. You're just uh, throwing it so you can get Zion. Zion can probably hit a baseball pretty far. Maybe it's the hardest thing to do in sports <laughs> is hit a baseball. So I'd let him try. Sure. Until next week, folks. Again, for Leland McRae, I'm Joe Deck. Thanks for listening. Good night. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.